to a good start. I meant uh, this morning I, I got up here and I, I intended to say something about the, the school kids uh, getting back in school. They've been there for, for a week now and I'm sure, I'm sure it's been a, a hectic week. I'm sure the first week or maybe two to three weeks of school is just a matter of, uh, of getting settled in for the teachers and the students and probably their parents trying to get the, uh, the children back into that, uh, that old routine that they'll be involved in until sometime next spring. And so uh, let, us, uh, let us remember those, those folks in our prayers. Uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be uh, pretty hectic for them, I'm sure. Let us remember them in our prayers, not only for the next couple of weeks, but just, just for a, a, a good safe, successful school year, getting that uh, much, much needed education. This morning I, I talked just a little bit, just barely touched on uh, uh, the situation with the Jews and, and the Gentiles in the early days of the church and, and what a struggle it probably was for, for both of them just to be one of those brand new Christians, brand new member of the church and coming out of what they had been before. Out in the auditorium class, we discussed that uh, at length. That was a, a big part of what we talked about in class. And, and, and tonight, I, I want to add a little bit more uh, to that and talk about it just a bit more. In Acts chapter 10, we have the story of the conversion of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman soldier. He was an officer in the Roman army. And as far as we know, he was the first Gentile convert. Now, the church had been established, or at least it's recorded for us, back in Acts chapter 2. Now, from Acts 2 to Acts 10, when we read about Cornelius, probably a few years go by. We turn a couple pages in our Bibles, but likely, likely a few years have gone by from Acts chapter 2, the church starting, and that first Gentile convert. The, the early church, the early church was, was Jewish, and they were persecuted, but strangely enough, in those early days, it was by other Jews. At, at this point... The Romans weren't worried about uh, some what they considered a just a, a branch of Judaism. That's how they saw the church. And as long as they didn't bother uh, the, the Roman Empire, as long as they went by the rules and obeyed the laws, they didn't care what they were doing. But those Jews who had not accepted Jesus as the Messiah, they persecuted the church. In fact, they intended to, to kill the church. They attempted to to stamp it out. But they actually made it grow. Because people who were being persecuted there in and around Jerusalem, they started spreading out. They started moving and going to other places to avoid the persecution. But as they did that, they took the gospel with them. But at first, they were only teaching it to other Jews. Now, the Jews were God's chosen people in, in Old Testament times. We know that. The law of Moses came through them. 
the Messiah came through them, they even had first chance at the gospel. Remember, Paul tells us in Romans 1 and verse 16, he says that it was for the Jew first and also to the Greek. And Jesus himself, when he sent his disciples out on what we call the limited commission, the reason we call it that is because he told his disciples, this is recorded in Matthew chapter 10, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were only supposed to go uh, to their fellow Israelites. That's why we call it the limited commission. Now we know that God's plan was eventually for the gospel to be for all men uh, of all races and colors and creeds and nationalities. All we got to do is, is read from the Old Testament prophets and we can clearly see that God intended the gospel to be for all men. But at this point in the early days, that hasn't happened yet. And the Jews, they saw themselves as, well, we're the seed of Abraham and we are superior to other people. We're, we're God's people. They simply saw themselves as being above the Gentiles. And even after the church was established in the, in the early days of the church, and, and the Gentiles began to be converted and, and they're becoming Christians, many of those Jewish Christians continued to feel that way. <laughs> Their attitude was still, well... Maybe we can let those Gentiles in. Maybe if they'll, if they'll obey parts of the law of Moses, if the males will be circumcised, then, then maybe we can let them into our church. They, they still saw it as their church. In the beginning, the church was Jewish. Now Luke tells us there in Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius was a really good man. But he wasn't a Christian. Cornelius has a vision. In that vision he is told to send for a man named Peter. He's staying with a, a, a guy named Simon. Simon's a tanner and his house is down by the seaside. Uh, send for this guy Peter and he will tell you what you must do. And Peter has his own vision. Peter goes up on the roof to pray. He falls into a trance and he sees what looks like a, a great sheet being let down uh, from the sky. And inside it are all kinds of animals that were unclean to the Jews. Animals that they, they could not eat, according to the law of Moses. They couldn't eat those creatures. And he hears a voice. Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. And Peter says, uh-uh. I've never eaten anything that's common or unclean. I'm not going to do that. It's against my religious beliefs. But the voice says, what God has cleansed, don't call common. That happens three times. Now, at first, Peter doesn't understand it. But God is trying to teach him a lesson that the law of Moses and those, those things have been put aside and the gospel is for those Gentiles as well. Those men come, even as this is happening. The men from Cornelius come and they knock on Simon's door. We need Peter. We need to talk to somebody named Peter. Is he here at this house? 
they tell him about Cornelius and his vision. And Peter goes to the household of Cornelius. And, and when he gets there, he says, you know, I'm really not supposed to be here because you're a Gentile. <laughs> I'm not supposed to go into your house. Something that is very important here. When Peter went to the house of Cornelius the Gentile, he took six other Jewish men with him. And it's a good thing that he did because they needed to witness what was about to happen. They needed to see this. Look with me in Acts chapter 10. Acts 10 verse 44. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now he's, in, he's at Cornelius' house now. And those of the circumcision, those, those, those Jews who believed, they were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. Now some folks will take this passage and they will say, well, there, there's your proof and your evidence that water baptism is not necessary because the Holy Spirit fell on them before they were baptized. This was a, a one-time exception to the rule. And the reason it happened this way is because those Jews who were with Peter, they needed to see something amazing. They needed to see something that would absolutely astonish them and let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the gospel was also for the Gentiles. One time exception to the rule. And that was the reason for this. The gospel was for the Gentiles as well. They needed something amazing that would help them see that. Now, after this, when we start reading about it in the very next chapter, other people began going to the Gentiles and preaching and teaching to them as well. In Acts chapter 11, and down in verse, uh, let's start at verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but Jews only. That's what they were doing uh, to begin with. But some of them were men from Cyprus and, and, and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed. And they turned to the Lord. News of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. They're, they're wondering what's going on now. We're, we're hearing that the, the Gentiles are, are being converted. What, what's going on up there in, in Antioch? And so they sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. He, he's going to investigate, friends. That's what he's going to do. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, 
he was glad and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. And Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were called Christians, were first called Christians in Antioch. And so here in the city of Antioch, a congregation is begun that is mostly Gentile. And so you're thinking, well, that resolves everything. Yeah, well, the transition was not that easy. It was still difficult, and I I mentioned this morning, just quickly and briefly in passing, how hard it was for those first century Jews to just accept this, to, to acknowledge the Gentiles as being their equal uh, in the Lord's church. It was really hard. Now, now we look back on it and we say, well, what's, what's the problem, you know? They're supposed to be Christians. But we, we're looking back, uh, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. We understand these things. It was harder for them. And a good example of just how hard it was is a story that Paul relates in the second chapter of Galatians. You know, he tells this story about a gathering there in Antioch. There were Jews there. And there were also Gentiles. Now, as long as it was just that first group that was there, uh, Peter had no problem. He ate with the Gentiles, he mixed and he mingled with the Gentiles, no problem. But Paul says, some people came from James. Now, no doubt what that means is, James was the Lord's half-brother, and he was also a very prominent man. Uh, in the in the church in Jerusalem, I think we could almost safely say he was definitely maybe the the most prominent leader in the Jerusalem congregation. And so, some people come up from Jerusalem, and when they get there, Paul says that Peter withdrew himself from the Gentiles. Whoa. Them people are uh, they're they're from uh, they're from Jerusalem. They they know James. They better, not, they better not see me hanging out with these Gentiles. Paul says that he had to withstand Peter to the face. He says that even Barnabas got caught up in all of this. And, and he had to, to go to them and face to face say, Hey, what are you doing now? You know, you're supposed to be setting the example here. And here you are withdrawing from the Gentiles because of what, you're afraid of what those Jews are going to say about you, even Peter and Barnabas. And, and you know that they knew better. You know they did. But that lets us know just how hard it was. It was hard for those folks. And finally, there was a great gathering of church leaders in Jerusalem. It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 15, and we won't even begin to, to read the whole thing, but they, they discussed these things, the the issues that were dividing the Jews and the Gentiles. Peter told about uh, his work with Cornelius. Paul and Barnabas discussed their work with the Gentiles on that first missionary trip. And that same James that we mentioned, whose word obviously carried a lot of weight, James spoke and he said, hey, it's, it's obvious. 
It's clear to us now that the gospel is for the Gentiles, and we cannot bind the law of Moses on them. Did that fix everything? Well, probably not. That, that probably took a, a, a bit longer. But the leaders of the church realized that the law of Moses could, could not be bound upon those new Christians. It, it had nothing to do with Christianity, and their prejudices had to be put away. I believe that we all would say, we all know and understand in our day that the gospel is for all men, regardless of race, creed, color, nationality, or where we're from. Those things don't matter to God, and they certainly cannot matter to us. We, we must try to convert all men. We must try to teach all men the gospel. I don't know if you noticed him this morning. We had a visitor for the first time. In case you see him again, his name is Jesus. And if you ever see it uh, spelled out, it looks like Jesus. But the, the Espanol uh, pronunciation is uh, Jesus. And trying to talk with him, I, I, I certainly got the impression that uh, his, his English is, is not the best in the world, probably, probably worse than my Spanish, and so if that's the case, if that's the case, we're going to have a hard time. I, I hope Jesus comes back, but if he does, I'm going to try my best to be his friend, and we'll try to figure out a way that we can teach him the gospel, just like we would someone who was born and raised right here in this, in this valley. The gospel is for all men. God is no respecter of person, nor can his people be so. Tonight, as we close this message, we offer the Lord's invitation. And we teach that to all men of all races and nationalities. This is what you need to do to obey the gospel and become a member of the Lord's church. That includes repentance of sins. That includes confessing the name of Jesus Christ. That includes immersion in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. If you have obeyed the gospel but have fallen away, God has provided a way back. If you're willing to throw off the things that are dragging you down and keeping you out of the Lord's church, if you'll, if you'll just quit those things, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful. Be restored. You can do that as we stand and sing.